Yep, she knows sports. Check out Brittany and Princess on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. This duo gives it to you straight with no chasers. If you can handle it, tune in and get your sports news, opinions, and so much more every week from She Knows Sports. Intensity is not a perfume. Join us Thursdays on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Miss Princess Cooper right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hey, Princess, how are you today? Doing good, Brittany. Sorry about that. I was a little bit late in opening up your mic. Um, Having a great week. It's Thursday, and I love Thursday. Absolutely, Thursday. And guess what, guys? (laughs) It is opening day. I believe every single ML baseball team out there in the national uh, and the major yeah. league. So today is an exciting day, at least for some of us, our fans, at least for the first day. Second, third day may get better. <laughs> <laughs> that means the Phillies are losing, okay? The first picture messed up. <laughs> That's what that means. Uh, <laughs> all right, Princess, you ready to talk some sports? I'm ready to do it, Brittany. Let's go. All right. You know what? Well, but I'm going to save that for last because that's exciting and that's happening <clears throat> this weekend, the tail end of it. So we're going to start with the NFL. And, Princess, I want to talk about a former player of your favorite team, the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, because as we all know, they released him or they made him a June 1st designation so they just have a <clears throat> better cap space. So here's the key. There have been reports out there saying he has three teams that he would like to play for this coming season. And one of those teams was the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to ask you, how do you feel about running back Ezekiel Elliott potentially wanting to play for my Philadelphia Eagles? (laughs) You know, um, the Cowboy fan in me is offended. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I really think that, you know, this whole Cowboys, Philly, you know, NFC East division, that everybody takes it as serious as some of us fans that are really way out there. And it, with my Cowboys, I think I'm way out there, really dedicated. But when it's a business from um, Ezekiel Elliott's point, you got to go do what you got to do. Um, but mm-hmm. when I saw that list, my eyes did, you know, I raised my eyebrows on that and go, really? You would do that? Um, and then I remember feeling just as offended when DeMarco Murray did it. Um, I mm-hmm. am hoping, though, that he lands on his feet and he gets an opportunity to play somewhere else and succeed. Um, his productivity has not looked that good. And a lot of Eagles fans have talked about how his productivity has gone down. But if he can get with the Eagles, pair himself with Jalen Hurts and have another good two years where he has a 1,000 yards rushing, good for him. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see him do that. Um, but we've seen running backs um, get to the point where they're producing, get that big contract, and usually a little bit after that, the production kind of goes away, and I've seen this game over and over. But I'm rooting for him. No matter where he plays, I'm rooting for him. Well, 
I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm rooting for him as well. I've always been a fan of his since he came out of Ohio State, and as you all know, I'm an Ohio State fan. So, but here's the thing. When I seen it, I said, oh, I did the, the uh, <laughs> yeah. Who, who was that? I can't think of the daggone cartoon <laughs> right now. Um, Scooby-Doo, I think it was. Scooby-Doo, <laughs> yes, Scooby-Doo. And I grew up on that cartoon. But, yeah, Scooby-Doo. And I did his, er, like, wait a minute. It's a Dallas player wanting to come over to an Eagles team. I don't know how either fan base will feel. You know, Philadelphia's yeah. like, no, we don't want any Dallas players. It was bad enough that Jason Peters decided he wanted to become a Dallas guy. Um <laughs> part of the year because he quit in the playoffs on you guys. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dallas fans are like, what the heck is going on? But, you know, you do want to see him succeed for as long as he possibly can. It's unfortunate Dallas ran him the way they did. I think his first three or four years in the, in, in the league, he averaged over 300 carries per game, which really caused his body um, – to decline a lot faster than most running backs would, and we can see it. I think if he's a backup guy with a great line, and he, he would have that in Philadelphia, he would be great, fantastic player. Um, I just don't think Philadelphia is going to think about doing that. They got to think about their fan base in this city, and they don't want it to burn <laughs> over one player. They do not want it to burn. Uh, me personally, you know, I would love to have him here as a as our second running back option. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think he will still be able to produce. Um, we're not looking for him to be a thousand yard guy. I think with our running back by committee system, I think he could get a good six seven hundred yards while your primary back, or I say five hundred, while your primary guy gets close to a thousand. Um, I don't see a problem with that, but I don't think the fans nor the media, either side. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather see him go to maybe the AFC, but, again, um, when you get to that point, and there's been a lot of little rumors out there, too, that they wanted to get rid of that particular salary, that contract, and Mm -hmm. they also did not want to embarrass him or Dallas by lowballing him with another offer. So you release him. Let him test the market, and then you know maybe he can come back at a lower offer. But I, I think uh, as a individual, as a human being, I'm rooting for him to get the biggest contract he can get, wherever that is, and then you know find a home, somebody that wants you to play for them. I think that's important, and my fandom can can sit down somewhere. Yeah, I, no, I agree. Um, I think the Chiefs. Behind Isaiah Pacheco, he still won't be the primary back. I think that would be a good pickup for them. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they have a decent line over there. The Buffalo Bills, I think, if because he seems like he wants to go to a team where he feels like he can win. And those are probably his best options. Um, Maybe the Jets behind Brees Hall. Um, But Mm -hmm. he does have to understand and be ready to take less money. in his next contract. You're not going to get that same contract. You know, teams are not valuing running backs as much anymore. Um, there's basically them and safeties are kind of the same, which is the shock to me how how teams do not value safeties the way they were getting signed. I think we had one big 
rookie contract this offseason, and that was it. Everybody else, see, they got a one-year deal or maybe two- to three-year deals, but it wasn't much. It could have been $18 million, $19 million, $20 million, just not a whole lot. So, But I think he'll do well wherever he goes. Just make sure he takes, continues to try to his best and really take care of his body, um, you know, and go for that Super Bowl. You know, Brittany, in sports, and um, unfortunately, you get old twice. You get old mm-hmm. in your sports career, and then and, – and I think he's in his 20s. I don't think he's reached 30, 31 yet. And nope, he is going – yeah. So consider this. At 27, I don't think he'll be a primary back no matter where he goes. And that's going mm-hmm. to take some time to internalize that he's not the first option. And that he won't get that type of money, too. Um, that's a lot, of, lot to swallow. That's that's humility at its best there. And and I hope that he can do all of that and perform again. But um, that that's tough. He's not. I don't think he's the number one back anymore. And that's hard probably to consider himself. Yeah, no, he's definitely not a number one back anymore. But. We still have a long offseason. We just don't know how these teams are going to see him. I know how the Cowboys and the Eagles view him. <laughs> uh, but yeah. let's see what goes on with a lot of other teams out there. All right, Princess, we're going to move on. We're going to go to the NBA now. So we're going to talk about mm-hmm. basketball, just not college. <laughs> I know we're all excited to talk about the Final Four and the National Championship coming up. So mm-hmm. for the NBA, I have a couple of questions. Let's see. Let's start with – yeah, let's start with it's award season or almost award season as we get towards the end of the NBA season. We start to determine or really figure out who's our MVP, who's our coach of the year, and so forth. So I want to know who's your MVP. Basically, this is it because we only have a handful of games left. I think for some teams, about 10 or less. Um, so who is your MVP? You know – Brittany, and, and I, I saw this discussion, and Kendrick Perkins and the young man that used to play for Duke, I can't remember his name, and how Kendrick J. J. Perkins, J.J. Reddick, and J.J. Reddick really got offended because he thought Kendrick Perkins was saying, well, you know, um, that, hey, if they give it to Joker again, then they don't want to see anything else, and that maybe it's some some level of racism, and they really got into a back and forth, but I can say this, I'm if I'm in voter fatigue, if we pick Joker again, I think that's the lazy way out. And I have been the same thing. I'm comparing this to Leah Boston. She had an excellent year. She didn't have to play those types type of minutes. But um, I think it was time for someone else. Caitlin Clark just was. It's just a triple, triple, triple double threat. And and we had to recognize that. We want to give it to. Sweet Aaliyah Boston, who's dominating at her position, but da-da-da-da. So I say all that to say that my MVP of the NBA is not joking. It's, it's Dole and B. And, and that's tough for me to say. I'm, I've never been a 76 fan, or at least that's not true. That's not true. When Dr. J was there, I was in love with him and, and, and thought he was going to marry me one day, and that never happened. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's way off kilter. But Joel and B has proven. And you're averaging as a big man, and he's not. He hasn't been hurt as much as he normally is. He's had some days he's missed. But 34, 35 points you're averaging a game, I don't think we can discount that at that position. And considering, too, all of the turnover 
that has happened or the injuries, too, that's happened with the 76ers. He's my MVP um, for, for this year in the NBA. Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, yes, you know, from the Philadelphia uh, area, I was able to meet Julius Irving a couple of times, and he's such a great guy. I love him. Um, hands are massive. He, his hands swallowed my hands. Okay, let me get back on track. <laughs> Because uh, he's my favorite <laughs> player of all time, guys. That's my favorite player of all time. Um, but no, I I agree. No, I I like Jokic. I like his game on the offensive side. To me, he disappears on the defensive side of the, uh, the basketball, and it makes no sense how nobody who who votes the last couple years seems to very they they just seem to forget this like defense is not important when it comes to the game of basketball. Play with one side of the basketball or one side of the uh, 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 of the team, you know. Quarterback only plays offense. Cornerback only plays defense. No, this is basketball where players should be able to play both sides, offense and defense. And to me, that's your best player. That's your most valuable player. And with that, that is Joel Embiid. Like you said, Princess, he averages over 33, almost 34 points per game. He's averaging mm-hmm. over 10, 10 rebounds per game. I believe he's averaging over four assists per game, which he upped that from just a couple years ago. Um, his block total is more than, than, than Jokic, but his defensive efficiency is way better than Jokic. He's a game changer on that defensive side of the basketball, and that is so, so important. This last night, it was a close game against the Mavs. He came up with a big block um, against one of their players to help win that game yesterday. So, And I do not, I don't care what anybody says, I do not look at the fact that he didn't play the last uh, game against the Denver Nuggets. What does that matter? All these players are out here taking the day off because they're injured or whatever they need that day off for. I don't care who was playing. He has nothing to prove. The first time they played, he dropped 50 on Jokic. The last, that last year they played, he dropped over 40 again on Jokic. Why does he have to prove it again? Y'all, I think they're just trying to find reasons to give the MVP at this point to Jokic. Yeah. But Embiid is my MVP. Yeah. Uh, and you just were really more in-depth into, you know, um, you being around him. But you, you broke down a lot of, um, of stats, too. And and who cares about one game where, you know, they didn't play against each other? I, I don't I, – I could care less about that either. But I'm really curious to see if everybody feels the way we feel, if we're going to go real mm-hmm. here or if we're going to do what we, we've done the past two years. And and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Exactly. All right, guys, we're going to head into our next break. But when we come back, Princess, I will need to know your coach of the year before we move into our NCAA uh, Final Four National Championship predictions. I almost forgot what it was. <laughs> All right, guys. The two guys are listening to She Knows right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. CampLineman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. 
You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Prior to the break, we were talking about our NBA awards since it is towards the end of the season. And myself, or Princess, as well as myself, both said that our MVP is Joel Embiid, so we will see what happens. But now I want to know your coach of the year. There's a lot of good teams, some surprising teams that are doing very well. And some teams are not doing very well. So I don't think we'll count, count in their coaches. But, Princess, who is your coach of the year? Um, You know, I have a couple, but I'm, I'm going to start with the one who I'm rooting for, who you, you just got to give credit to. And we, there's a lot out there, I'm sure. But I'm going Mike Brown with Sacramento Kings. 17 years, you've not been in the playoffs at all, and they clinched last night. Um, I think this is Mike Brown's second or third year with the Kings, and he's turned it around pretty quick. Um, my 1B to a however you see it, is Missoula, the Boston Celtics. Um, he came in, stepped in as, as interim, and um, took over in a precarious position, a lot that was going on that had nothing to do with on the court. It was completely, you know, in the um, the, the office, the franchise, the, you know, and that went on. And um, Yudoka had to pay the price for that. Um, and the Boston Celtics have not um, skipped a beat um, because of Missoula's coaching and just keeping it in the road and doing what he does. Of course, there's talent, and I think that has a lot to do with it. But my first one um, is Mike Brown, Sacramento Kings. And I've always liked Mike Brown. Um, I liked him with the, Cle- with the Cleveland Cavaliers, so he's he's had a long career. But this is a pretty good maneuver, I think, right here. This is a pretty good impact on a team. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think Celtics head coach is doing a fantastic job on maintaining um, that success from what they yeah. had last year, even though it's a new coach. I think that's fantastic. But I'm with you, Princess. My only coach of the year, and there really should be no other options with anybody else, is Mike Brown with the Sacramento Kings. What he has done with this young team is incredible. He has his team playing well together. Their chemistry is like no other. They're playing well on both sides of the basketball. Um, I love the way De'Aaron Fox is playing. I love the rookie, uh, Keegan Murray. He actually just broke um, the rookie record for making threes in their first year. I think he has 186, 186 threes made this year, something of that nature, with still about six or so games left. Um, so that means he broke Steph Curry's record. Whoever else held that record, they no longer have that record. Um, yeah. It's just like the incredible turnaround. Last year they were 30 and 52. This year 46 yeah. and 30. Just what a new voice could do with with this young team because they are a very, very young team, guys. Um, And nobody else believed in them in the offseason, even early on in the season. They said, oh, they'll fall off. Nope, they have maintained 
They have played very consistent for such a young team. And I actually like these guys better than I like the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I think the Sacramento Kings are a special, special team. I really do. And they they could be a scary team um, in a playoff if you underestimate them. Yeah, yeah. And there you have it. You know, we agree on that. You got to give um, Mike Brown all, all of the, the, the kudos in the world for – you know, just 30 wins last year, you know, a little bit over 30, and then to just come back and 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 clinch before the season is over, um, that's a done deal. And 17 years, I go back, 17 years, they held a record out of the big four professional, um, um, you know, entities in America. They had the longest streak of years without making the playoffs. Done deal. Mm. Yeah, they passed that on now to the New York Jets and Tim Moore and Rick Sala. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think they'll make the playoffs next year, too, so hopefully they'll break yeah. that. Um, oh, and another thing I want to get to Mike Brown, which a lot of head coaches to me just aren't as good at it. He's a great coach because he, you can tell he really is able to teach the game of basketball. I think those make the best head coaches in the history of the NBA. Larry Brown was another one. You could take a young team, but you really teach the game to these young guys and really help to develop them. Um, I, yeah, I, that's what makes him, to me, the coach of the year. But, Princess, now I want to know your top four teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, um, and I thought about this. I saw this earlier today when you when you sent this to me, you know, for me to kind of think about that. And um, I actually am going to put, number one, the Boston Celtics. I just love their game, and I think they will come out of the East. Um, but I think, too, they got a lot to do in order to, to pass Milwaukee and Philadelphia. But I'm going to put them number one. I'm going to put um, Giannis. And what he's doing and the impact and, and having everybody back, I'm going to put Milwaukee at at number two. And then I'm going to actually put – I just think this may be the year if MB can stay healthy. I'm actually going to put them at number three. And so that's three teams from the um, the, the the Eastern Conference I, I, I got there. And then on the west side, putting it at number four, I'm going with the Phoenix Suns. I think they're just – jam-packed with talent, um, no matter what you say about Kevin Durant, if he can stay healthy and not turn his his, his ankle in warm-ups, he makes that team um, championship caliber and makes them where they can, I think they can move on to the finals. Um, I, you know, and I know Denver, Memphis, Sacramento are all before Phoenix, but I think they all have problems. I'm not, I'm not impressed with Memphis. I think, um, because of what they do off the court and because of who they are on the court, I don't think they're, they're a finals um, team. Sacramento, I give them a lot of credit, but I still think they're young. But Phoenix, I think, is there. So Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, um, Phoenix are my top four in all of the NBA. Yeah, uh, basically we're almost just the same, I guess you can say. Um, my number one, uh, See, the top two keep going back and forth. They keep going back and forth on me. Right now I have the Bucks. I think the Bucks have been the most consistent lately. Um, mm-hmm. And the way to Holiday and Giannis played, I believe that was last night. 
was amazing. I think Giannis had a triple double, and Drew Holiday had fifty had fifty one points. <clears throat> Giannis had a thirty point triple double, and Drew Holiday had fifty something points. So that was a game. And then right now, number two, I'm up with the Celtics. Um, I think they just consistently. It's only because they're not as consistent, and it's always like this: the Boston Boston Celtics in a regular season. Uh, they tend to one couple games they're doing well, couple games they're losing to teams they shouldn't be losing to. Um, number three, I also had the Philadelphia 76ers. They have to get healthy. They have to get back to how they were performing during the beginning of the year, the second half of the season, um, when they went on that eight or nine game win streak. They have to get back to that. If not, they they will, they will be another second round out. Number four is hard because I also want to put the Phoenix Suns there as well. Actually, I want to put them above everybody. But I have to give kudos to this young team, and we just spoke about them. And I might be out of my mind on this. But you know what? I like them. I'm putting the Kings right there. I'm putting the Sacramento Kings there. I just love how they're playing. Do I think they'll be able to win the, beat the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs? Probably not. Um, but I just love this young <laughs> young, energetic team, um, and I think they're going to do very well come playoff time, so I'm really excited about them. All right, guys, I got a couple more questions here, and then we'll get into, because I know we're running down on time here. I was going to ask you about the Dallas Mavericks, so I'm going to change it up, um, because the CBA is going to come up, negotiations. Um, well, actually, it doesn't really have, I think it does have something to do with the CBA. Um I want to know, should the NBA allow players to be drafted right after high school again? Yeah, Brittany, why not? You know, um, I, I think there are some that are NBA ready, and I think there are generational players out there, out there like that. I think Kobe Bryant was one of those. You know, um, Giannis was one of those. Uh, um, and even, yeah, and um, – Gosh, LeBron James was one of those. You know, Michael Jordan was one of those. He was just really just um, just awesome at North Carolina with the Tar Heels. So I think those generational players come, come along. Now, I'm also influenced by this because I want it to happen so that LeBron James' son can, um, you know, be eligible right now. But I think he needs to play in college. I think he needs um, – um, I, right now he's projected maybe a second-round pick if most, if he, you know, had an opportunity to be hardship right now. But overall, yes, I want to see that. Why not? Um, We see it in Major League Baseball, and it does not seem to hurt, and these young men get to go into, you know, 1A, 2A, you know, 3A and and work on their game. But I've seen 18- and 19- and 20-year-old players play in every league. Why not go ahead and do this too? So, um, I, I like to see it. I don't, I don't, you know, and if some don't, then maybe I think the rule needs to be you can declare, and if you're not picked up in the draft and you picked up an agent, you get a chance to release your agent and go play in college. Why make it so difficult for people to succeed and make good choices? No, I agree. Um, <laughs> I I. I, I didn't like the rule change. I didn't like the fact that they, that they said you had to be 19 to come into the NBA. Um, everybody's not going to come to the NBA. You're going to have one or – it's always just one or two exceptional players that's able and capable of playing the NBA game now. 
Um, I know people say there's a mental difference, not much, between the ages of 18 and 19, not really. You're still young, still going to make crazy decisions. If you're going to make them at 18, you're most likely going to make them at 19. But hopefully you have the right people around you to tell you the difference between, hey, young man, go this way. Young man, don't go that way. I'm telling you this now um, to really mentor them. But everybody else is already looking to go elsewhere, so they go into the NBA. There's those who do not want to go to college are not going to go to school, guys. They're going to look for other options. They're going to go to the GV. They're going to go overseas to play and then come to the NBA. So just allow them, if they have the skill set, to go into the NBA. And then some of these players should not go into the college ranks. If they're a good player coming out of high school because they may be working with, could potentially change their game. And you don't want that if they're looking to play in the NBA. And we have seen that quite a few times. And, of course, there's yeah. those who need to go to college. So they just need to have the right support system um, surrounding them to properly advise them on what to do. All right, Princess, so we're coming down. Um, and we get ready to go into our next break. <laughs> so I just want to know real fast, what is your NCAA Final Four prediction for the men's side? And I'll tell you the games. You have Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State, which is actually Saturday, April 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have, Florida. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I was going to say, then you have Miami versus UConn, which is that same day at 8.49 p.m. So Florida Atlantic has really surprised me. I kept hearing people talking about them, and I think they're 31-3 and three or 4. They, they haven't lost that much this year. Um, but I think – I love the athleticism of San Diego State, and I think they are grown men. I heard someone else say that earlier on radio this week. So I'm picking San Diego State to be in the finals in the national championship game, and I just think UConn has made everybody look a little bit back against them. And, you know, again, Gonzaga could not hang with them, and they really tore up Gonzaga and, and coasted into the final four. So I think they take care of Miami, and Miami is on a Cinderella run. Here it is, Laranega again, 20 years since he did the same thing with George Mason, Um, and now he's back with Miami and the Hurricanes. And there's no way anybody said that the Hurricanes would be in the final four, and Kansas wouldn't, the Tar Heels wouldn't, Kentucky wouldn't. None of those Blue Bloods would be there. Duke wouldn't. But here is um, the hurricane. So I got UConn and San Diego State in the final game. And, and I think UConn and the Huskies, the men's team, um, I, I think they're national champs. That, that's how I see that playing out. I have San Diego State. It's something about their defense. Um, they play out yeah. Alabama, and they were extremely stifling. Um, their star player, Alabama star player, Brandon Miller, couldn't do anything. Um, they are up in your, how do I say this? I'm going to say it nicely, personal space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Up in your personal space, okay? Um, so I got San Diego State for that one. And then the Miami versus UConn. You know what? I'm going to go with Miami on this one. I may be going out on the win a little bit, but I like Miami. I love Jordan Miller. I think he's a good player. Um, I know he just uh, set a record or made his, did historic numbers. That hasn't happened since 92, not that long ago. Um, when he went perfect from the field. 
I think they can really shoot. They can shoot that basketball. I think UConn, not as easy for UConn as a lot of people think it's going to be. So I see mm-hmm. San Diego State versus Miami in my finals, and then I have San Diego State winning it all. I'm going to stick to it. It's going to be difficult, but I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, yeah. Do you want to do the women's on the other side of the break? Oh, yeah. Do it now. No, let's let's just go ahead and do the women's and we'll go to break. Let's go ahead and do it. All right. All right. So on the women's side, I think this is the side most people are excited about. The men's little blah, but <laughs> we everybody's excited <laughs> about the women's side. The first game, um, we're, we'll do this one at a time. The first game is going to be LSU versus Virginia Tech, and that is tomorrow at seven o'clock. Who do you have winning yeah. this game? Wow. Well, unlike you, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not in the gosh the the spill of the Bayou Barbie. Um, I I thought the introduction of her. I was actually at the game up close. The introduction of her in Greenville, South Carolina, um, and the fact that someone actually had an actual crown and put it on her in the middle of introductions. I thought that was not well coached. I, I didn't like that. And then at the end, they, they write in championship ring. But I understand that that's that, that's that generation. But um, I, I didn't think they looked good. So to say all of that, I like Virginia Tech. I like Kenny Brooks. I thought Virginia Tech played some really um, basic basketball, and I don't think basic is the word I'm looking for, sound basketball. And um, I think they're going to beat LSU. And I think if Angel Reese gets in foul trouble, um, I also think that that hurts LSU because then that's their moneymaker right there. But a lot of this may be coming from the fact that they're LSU. I'm not a Kim Mulkey fan, and I don't find Angel Reese to be someone that's appealing to me. I think it's just really, it's just balloon from the Bayou Barbie, and it's gotten to where, and, and, and I watch her in a game, and every play, she's then pressing down on the floor, saying she's too small, she can't guard me. She really is a trash talker. And for some reason, I don't like that. Some think that's funny and awesome and good. And she's good for the game, the women's game. But I'm not, I'm not taking I'm taking Virginia Tech to, to meet the finals. I'm taking LSU. No, I like Virginia Tech. I do. Um, I think Elizabeth Kitley is a great player. Um, I think she's the most consistent player on that team. She could score the basketball, absolutely. Also, like, I think mm-hmm. her name is Georgia Amore. I think she's a great player. Um, boy, is she a good player. So, LSU is definitely going to have to defend those two people. Um, oh, and that's right. And Ashley, I forgot her name. I can't think of her last name. But she could dribble that basketball. Um, yeah. Uh, she has yeah. a lot of handles. And this this team is a scoring team, so LSU is going to have a tough one on their hands for sure. But I like Angel Reese, guys. I I'm sorry, I like the trash talk, and I think it's fun. It's all in fun. I think when you're having fun playing basketball, I think that's when you are best at your game. Um, and there's a reason why she averages these double doubles. She's a talented player. Now Virginia Tech may have something to say about it, possibly, but I also mm-hmm. think LSU has a lot of talent. And from the last couple games I've seen. They have played very well together, um, and I love that freshman, Flaugé Johnson. She plays hard. She plays hard. She can shoot the ball. I know one game she struggled from, from the shooting, but that's okay. Those games happen. 
um, but she's a she has a I want to win type of attitude and will do anything with, about it. So I have LSU playing this one. And in the last game, the most exciting game of them all, we have Iowa versus South Carolina, and that's tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Princess, do you have women? Britt, you know, um, I'm interested in this game, and I think South Carolina has enough depth and defense to beat them. But Caitlin Clark is no joke. And, you know, I have seen her come just below the half-court line, still on the logo, and make those shots, off-balance shots there. Um, Now, in that game against, and I can't remember who they played, but the coaches that were on previously on the women's panel on Monday said there was no defense played in that game with Caitlin Clark. Gosh, I can't remember who they played. Uh, man, that, that escapes me. But there was no de- – it was Louisville. And, and I thought mm-hmm. Louisville just kind of chased, you know, Caitlin Clark around. Um, and I'm hoping that Don Staley, uh, un- undoubtedly here I'm indicating I've, all, I've been cheering for South Carolina the entire year. I live in Columbia, South Carolina. I've got to see them up close, got to hear the news up close, you know, listen to Don Staley every day up close. So I'm cheering for him. But um, I think that's going to be a good game. If South Carolina cannot do what they do, and that is come out slow in the first quarter, first half, if they can come out strong and stay strong. Um, but I'm picking South Carolina to get in the finals, and I'm picking South Carolina to win it all. Um, but they, it's a tall task, and I don't think Caitlin Clark is going away easily. But hopefully there's enough stout defense on the other side that will do something with it. And I wanted to go back and say this, Brittany. In that game, LSU, gosh, and I can't remember who they played while we were Miami, while we were in Greenville. Finally, mm-hmm. the refs got enough, and they, they pulled both captains together and said, hey, we're just going to give you a warning and tell you that if you don't get with your players, we're going to now start calling technicals because there was so much trash talking and in your face and standing over players that the the refs did that. And they did the same thing with South Carolina and um, Maryland. They pulled Aaliyah Boston and whatever that young lady's name was, Maryland, they pulled them and said, hey, and it was two different, two different um, officiating crews and said, that's enough because I thought it was getting really rough in that South Carolina-Maryland game. But I thought the refs had had enough. And I don't know, for my taste, it was just a little bit too much too. But what do I know? I think she's good. And I'm thinking of Angel Reese. I think she's good for women's basketball. And I think the four teams in it, um, women's basketball Final Four, are more sexy than that what we have on the men's side. The men's side is really surprising. But I'm picking South Carolina to beat them, and I'm picking South Carolina to win it all. Yeah, you can always be over the top. Um, but it's just, you know, every so often, and that's fine. You know, the whole you're too small and just keep going. As long as you keep playing, I don't mind. But if it comes a point where you got to uh, uh, pull apart each other, you know, that's, you know, it's over the top, whether it's men's or women. So, yeah, they'll get a handle of it, hopefully. So, But South Carolina and Iowa, for me, Caitlin Clark is fantastic. I know for sure South Carolina is going to have to play their passing lane as well. Because even if oh, yeah. you guard Caitlin Clark, she is her basketball IQ is off the charts, um, and she will be very difficult to stop. But I think mm-hmm. Iowa also has to be mindful of uh, Aaliyah Boston and be able to slow her down. She's not that easy to slow down, guys. Whether teams have done it or not, as, that's a big girl. 
strong girl, um, and she she plays her game very well. So I think for this one, I think it's going to be a close game. I do agree. South Carolina can't come out as slow, but they have the depth and the defense to overcome that against anything, um, which is good. But it all comes down to Dawn Sedley and coaching, so we'll see what happens. But I'm also going with South Carolina, and I th- I got South Carolina taking it all as well. So come on, South Carolina. Don't let me down. It's going to be a tough <laughs> game, but do not let me down. All right, guys. Yeah, go Brittany. Ahead. Go ahead. I-, I wanted to say this. You know, I- I'm worried. I'm worried that Iowa comes in and, and shakes-, shakes us up, but I'm hoping there's enough. And not only is there Leah Boston, but there is also – Camilla Cardosa, who's at six seven, yes. who you know, who comes in and if she can play a strong game um, in the post and get up under that basket, there's nothing that Iowa can do with that. You can get a whole lot of people in in, in foul trouble. So uh, I, I want to see that and see if if that that happens for sure. Um, there was one more thing. Oh, I wanted to say, too, they were in the locker room of South Carolina yesterday. They got into Dallas, and they give one of the girls a mic, and, and she's walking around just talking to the players. And Ashley Watkins, a little freshman, she had – well, she's a very tall freshman, had the mic. And she went to Aaliyah Boston and said, who's the most famous person you have in your phone that you can call that would actually answer? And she said, mm, she said, Harry Irvin. So she called him, and he didn't answer. She called him, and he didn't answer. He didn't answer, but within 30 seconds, he called back and FaceTimed her and said, hey, how are you doing? I'm proud of you all. I've been following you all. Good luck. I'll be rooting for you. And then Aaliyah said, thank you, Kyrie. She said, Zaya Cook and my teammates want to say hello. Can they say hello? And he said, sure. And, of course, they went crazy. And did the hi, Kyrie, but he answered and sound like somebody that, you know, was just really, he answered and really talked to them and said, you know, play your game mm-hmm. and I'm rooting for you. So I thought that was cute. I thought that was cute. Yes, that is, that's awesome. And that's just the type of person outside of basketball that Kyrie really is. We need to yep. see more of that side, but he really is that type of person. He'll do anything for just about anybody. Regardless yep. of all the unnecessary drama that we hear about, he really is a good person. But all right, guys, we're yep. going to head into our next break. And when we come back, of course, we're going to talk about some more sports and Princess takes over. But you guys are listening to She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com.
Okay, welcome back to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio and She Knows Sports. In the middle of the commercials, um, I hung up my own phone, so I had to wait until it got back in the system, but now we are live. <laughs> my apologies, Brittany. I am sure you were like, okay, what's up? What's going on here? <laughs> but we are back live, and now I want to talk about what I got to do today, and that was go to the pro day of Anthony Richardson and also um, the Florida Gators. And sorry about that. I'm in a hotel in Gainesville, and I hear kids running up and down the hallway. But um, I got a chance to go to the pro day, and I was and I was talking to Duck Raleigh, my co-host on Monday and Tuesday, um, with me, and just talk about what I saw. And, Brittany, I, I want to get your thoughts here, but I want to tell you what I saw, and that is, you know, there were 12 young men that were going to work out for the NFL scouts in um, all 32 teams were there. There were three head coaches, Pete Carroll, Frank Wright, and one more, Peterson, Doug Peterson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they had these young men, and they were doing measurables, and they were calling out. It really looked like they were down there in their, you know, their, their boxers, their shorts, whatever, like they were for sale. I was really disappointed in the dynamics of that. Once I got over that part, I thought it was really neat just listening to the scouts and seeing them, you know, go look and see what player was being worked out. The scouts were really in charge, and that was neat to see them go and say, hey, we want to see this move. We want to see this. We want to see this drill. And then, of course, at the end, I thought Anthony Richardson put on a show. But your thoughts about Anthony Richardson, the fact that he's ballooned up to this point, um, his, his arm is unmatched. And everybody said today, he has the strongest arm in the draft, but the intangibles mm-hmm. like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I don't think he's there yet. But your thoughts about Anthony Richardson and the fact that these pro days have gotten to be a big deal? Yeah, um, look, I like Anthony Richardson. I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL. Do I think he'll be the best quarterback? Um, I don't know yet. It's a wait till see. I know right now I don't think he's the best quarterback in his draft. I believe yeah. it's either between C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, clearly. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. we've seen that in, in football. The throws that these guys were making, whether in the pocket, on the run, the accuracy, both their arms are pretty strong. May not be as strong as Anthony Richardson, but very strong. Um, clutch, two clutch guys. You know, I have not seen that this yet in Anthony Richardson. I'm not saying it's not there. He's still a raw type of player. So it's a lot of things he still needs to work on, such as his accuracy. He needs to work on, you know, in certain situations. Um, he doesn't have that yet. I love the fact that he could sit down and sit on the ground and throw about 50 yards down the field. That tells you how strong his arm is. Um, he's going to be a mobile quarterback, as we know, so he needs to find the right coach um, or be in the right system to really help him develop that. Um, but I think for me, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he should be top quarterback in the draft. I don't think so. Um, but it's a wait and see. Let's see him on the NFL level. Let's see where he goes. I will never say he's going to be a bad quarterback because we don't know. So it's to me it's a wait and see for all of these draft, these draft prospects. I just think right now um, in this draft. Yeah, we're, we're drafting potential. But I'm a Florida Gator, mm-hmm. and I got to see every one of his 13 games that he started. He only um, had a 53% passer completion rating. That's, that's, that's not good. 
uh, you know, and I got to see his inconsistencies. I got to see him look like Superman and maybe a Heisman Trophy candidate in, against Utah and then come back with Kentucky and um, um, Mark Stoops, you know, throw some defenses at him that really confused him, and he looked pedestrian at best. So um, I think, though, on potential, I think he'll go in the top ten. And the word in the conversation today, Brittany, was is that Will Levis is 24, and he has raw talent. Um, Anthony Richardson is 20. Do you want to take a chance on raw talent at 20 or raw talent at 24? And then there's Hendon Hooker who's out there who tore his ACL recovering and looking pretty good. But Hendon Hooker's 26. So mm-hmm. they feel that if he's going to do something, they really got to hurry up and get him on in there. You know, but um, if that is the case, if most of the scouts are feeling that way, um, you'd rather take a raw talent at 20 than raw talent at 24. Yeah, yeah and, and you're right about it. I definitely think he's a top 10, top 15 pick for sure. Um, but I'm just not there to put him above C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. But I do think he'll be at least a good quarterback, at least a good quarterback in the NFL. But we're definitely going to see. We know where a lot of these drafts, only one or two quarterbacks end up being the star every single year. And then some drafts, you know quarterbacks, <laughs> that becomes the star. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but I am and that he succeeds because so, I do like him. Yeah, you know, I, I like him too. Um, and I'm rooting for him. I actually am torn, and I said this in our sports thread, is that I really thought he should come back for another year. But, you know, what do I know? Um, I thought he should come back for another <laughs> year and, and get some more um, some, some more experience under his belt. And you can see Billy Napier today navigating that conversation. You know, he's young. Um, with 13 games under his belt, you know, what do we do about that for sure? So, um, Brittany, just kind of give me your thoughts on Lamar Jackson while I answer Reverend Robinson, who continues to call. Okay. Um, oh, man, Lamar girlfriend. Look, I, I just don't know what to do about this, say about the situation. I would say this. If I was Lamar Jackson, I would definitely stop tweeting because tweeting is, not helping him in this situation. Um, he's constantly tweeting this about him, his trade request that he made on March 2nd, or I'm sorry, it was a tweet on March 2nd that he, he wanted out, he wanted to be traded. You know, he tweeted his contract information, you know, the three years, $133 million. You know, I just feel like he's starting to hurt his case when it comes to a lot of these teams. Teams don't really want to deal with somebody who's going to just tweet every problem that they have. You know, keep it in-house until it gets figured out. Get the contract signed. You know, see what happens then. I still think he's a great player. I still think he should get paid. He definitely should get paid. He absolutely deserves to get paid more than uh, um, Daniel Jones, more than Matthew Stafford. Um, He should be a top five, in my opinion, top five quarterback as far as getting paid. I just think the history, the injury history is a big concern. I know one of the GMs came out, I think, yesterday or a couple of days ago and stated that. They said the last couple of years he's missed the last five or six games each of the last two years, which is a major concern for them. Um, 
So I'm wishing him the best. This is going to be long and drawn out. I know the Colts are still interested, I believe. I think the Patriots backed out, if I can recall. So, But my biggest advice to Lamar Jackson, stop tweeting. Get away from Twitter. Take a break. (laughs) Get away from it. And if you're not going to get um, an agent, which it looks like he's dug in with that, he is going to handle this battle himself. Quit tweeting about your injury. Quit tweeting and going back and forth. You put out a tweet and an Instagram post two minutes after Harbaugh started his press conference yesterday. So that was timely. And then you came back up with a couple more, um, you know, yesterday. But at this point, um, negotiate behind the scenes. Don't put out any more tweets. Leave it up to whatever it needs to be left up to. And, you know, do your best. But I'm concerned that Lamar Jackson – it's taken on the entire NFL, and I've heard this on ESPN and other outlets, but we've also talked about it on Never Had a So Good Sports Radio, and that is he's trying to take on the entire NFL um, and say that if Deshaun Watson got guaranteed money, then I want guaranteed money, and I'm not going to take any less. And the NFL was trying to say that that was just a rarity. That was an anomaly, and that was up to Haslam and what he did for the Cleveland Browns but that the NFL is going to dig in and not give that type of guaranteed money, $263 million strong. And that's what Lamar Jackson is asking for. They've already offered $133 million guaranteed, and he said, no, that's not enough. And so, you know, it comes out that he's already demanded a trade on the day that they franchise tagged him, which was March 2nd. This is going to get uglier before it gets any prettier. And that's mm-hmm. a shame because I think he's a talent. And I think the other owners in the NFL are saying we're not touching him, and they're showing him that. So he's going to have to go make nice with the Ravens. Princess, I said this before on this show, on our show. I said, look at it. Like you said, he's trying to take on the NFL right now. He he already said, he said, I want to make a change here. No, first, you stay quiet. You put on your, your, your suit, your professional suit. You play their game. Once you play their game to get what you want, then you take them on and fight them. Um, look at Jay-Z. Look at Diddy. Look at all some of these big-time players in the game. Now, all of them ain't doing it right. But look at – I love Jay-Z. I'm going to use Jay-Z as an example. He played their game. He didn't necessarily like their game and the things they were doing. But he said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to use them. I'm going to play their game, and then I'm going to use them. And then once I sit at the table, now, guess what? I got as much as you got. I can say as much as you can say because I have a lot more control now and I can make the changes that I want to make. Lamar, please do the same thing. But you can't do that if you're tweeting. You can't you can't do that if you're tweeting and going out going about doing things the wrong way because at this point now you don't have anybody's ears. Be the yeah. business person first. Brittany, and I think that this is a, um, a conglomeration of a lot of things. And one, it is they feel disrespected that he's not he doesn't have an agent and that they feel disrespected that he thinks he can come in there and negotiate for himself against seasoned negotiators. Another thing I think it is too and it's just as simple as black and white and that is is that they feel mm-hmm. that he doesn't even come in there um in a suit or that he doesn't feel that he needs to do something with his braids and da da da. I've even heard foolishness like that. You know, they don't even accept that part of them. And a lot of owners just say they don't want him as a face of his of their franchise. There are a lot of different dynamics are here, and 
when you want to make excuses, you make excuses. If you just say, okay, you want to win, go get your Lamar Jackson. Go get your Aaron Rodgers, even though I think his, his, he has maybe a good two years. Go get your winner, though, in Lamar Jackson. So a lot of teams are saying, I'd rather not, I'd rather lose than to pay guaranteed money over $200 million. Isn't that really what they're saying, along with all the other stuff, too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's exactly what they're saying. You know, look, me and you may look at it like, man, what are they doing here? But we also understand that Lamar Jackson is an African-American, and he's trying to go up against these rich, billionaire white folks. So, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we have to play the game to fix the game. So, Yeah. Every owner in the NFL right now is um, Caucasian, except for the group that is with the Denver Broncos, and they were just newly purchased this year, and Condoleezza mm-hmm. Rice is a part of that ownership group. And every owner is in their late 60s, early 70s. Some, some of them are pushing 80. And if you are at that age, you were born in the 1950s, and in the 1950s, your um, upbringing bringing, um, and synced who you are now. And we know what the 1950s and the 1960s looked at like with civil rights. So we understand right. where you are. And I don't know if a whole lot have released who they are, a la Jerry Jones saying you better not kneel uh, get in on my team or you'll be cut the next day. So I have my own issues on why I'm still a, a Dallas Cowboys fan and I've really gotten off the, the beaten path here. But these owners – are of a certain era, and I don't think they would release that, Brittany. No, I, I agree. They won't. <laughs> they, yeah. They're not. They're, yeah, Lamar. No. Lamar has. Lamar has has some work to do. Um, look, and we've seen this before with Colin Kaepernick and things like that. Um, we're we're supporting you. Like we're supporting Lamar absolutely, but he's mm-hmm. gonna have a long fight ahead of him. Yeah, a long fight. We're about out of time, but I did want to mention and get your thoughts quickly on Magic Johnson being one of the two groups out there that are bidding $6 million on the Washington, Washington Commanders. I'm rooting for Magic Johnson and his bidding group. Um, but it looks like Daniel Snyder is going to sell, and he has two, two bids out there for $6 billion. Well, thank goodness for Daniel Snyder uh, selling, finally. Just take the <laughs> money and go retire somebody. No. Somewhere nobody wants to see your face anymore or hear your yeah. voice, and I hope it is Magic. I mean, I hope, but then again, I don't hope. But I hope it is Magic Johnson because um, mm-hmm. I love him so much. And the reason why I say mm-hmm. I don't hope because it is the Commanders guys, and I'm an Eagles fan. Yeah. So I'm going to want him yeah. to lose every year, and I don't like to see Magic Johnson lose. <laughs> but I hope you know he what that, that is a double day. So <laughs> I, I, you're right. It is a double. I'm. I'm been a Magic Johnson fan since he played for Michigan State. I don't know where he played high school at, but, you know, here he is, and, and I'm a Cowboys fan. So, you know, and, they, and, and the Redskins have been pedestrian at best since RG3. Um, and he had one or two good years there and, you know, made the playoffs, won the division. But, you know, um, and here we are with Magic Johnson now bidding on him. So I want it for him, but I don't want it for him, but, but good luck in that because I'd like to see a minority, majority owner in the NFL for sure. Um, Brittany, great show, great show. Um, I wanted to leave with this, and I want to give you a chance to leave us with whatever you want to leave us with, but condolences to Nashville, Tennessee, um, two eight-year-olds and a nine-year-old um, 
elementary students killed in a mass shooting, three adult um, teachers and administrators killed. Um, I am appealing to the sensibility of America. We have to protect our kids at all costs, especially at school. Brittany, leave us with what you want to leave us with. Uh, Princess, I don't have anything. Of a, I don't have anything to say after that. I think it would be good to end it on that because that is so true. Let's pray. Let's pray for those parents and those who have lost lost ones lost ones in in Nashville um, for sure. Gun control, please. Let's do something to protect our children. Brittany, have a great weekend. Tomorrow is Friday, and um, have a great weekend. And we'll see you next Thursday at seven p.m. Okay. Yes, Golden South Carolina. Come on, Dawn Staley. Come on, Dawn Staley. Come on, Dawn Staley. I think she's the coolest and the baddest women's basketball coach. As a matter of fact, they at every um, venue in Seattle and Greenville and all over, they poll all of the basketball players. If you didn't play for this coach, who would you play for or want to play for? And by a landslide, over 70% of them said Dawn Staley. That in itself, I think, is is pretty cool. So come on, Don Staley. Let's do this again. Win two in a row. And she's Never a Philly had a, girl. And she's a Philly girl. Lord have mercy. I'm so tired of her. That's really close. Her Philly jersey. Her Randall Cunningham. Her Jalen Hurts. All right. Never had it so good. Brittany Jones, I'm Princess Cooper. We'll see you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Good night, Brittany. Good night. Good night.